Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. The federal election is now behind us and the new government is finding its feet. But what will be the fallout for the economy? And will Labor move to restructure the tax system? From Sound Cartel, this is Business Essentials Daily. I'm Peter Letts, filling in for Nicole Goodman. Professor Neville Norman of Melbourne University says Labor will remember its tax policies kept it out of office for the past three years. But he says Labor will face some huge economic challenges thanks to external pressures. Neville Norman starts by explaining those challenges to Jeff Waters. Economic growth has been restored to 2 to 3%, and that's because that COVID lockdowns have gone, not COVID gone. The lockdowns are gone, and on the assumption that they've gone, and that we've seen the worst of all of that, we've seen recovery. But some sectors, as we know, particularly international travel, CBD office use, and some other activities have been permanently reduced and we've got supply shortages of materials and labour in many areas. Despite that, the underlying growth in the national economy measured by GDP, horrible term, it means that the mainspring for jobs, profits and the revenue in most of your businesses has recovered and is likely to recover irrespective of what happened at the election. We also know that there's been a blip upwards in inflation. It's called stagflation. And that means that it isn't due, repeat, isn't due to excess aggregate demand in the economy. It's imposed from outside or power forces from within. The last time we saw it was 1974, where a new government decided that they'd correct equal pay by a 40% pay increase in one hit. And we had a quadrupling of global prices for oil. Now, what we've seen recently, even if there is a bit of a wage scramble, is nothing to what we had in 1974, and that's reassuring. But that's all recorded. We've seen the 5.1% movement in the index of consumer prices. Consumer, not shares, not tractors, not houses, consumer goods in the March quarter up to the year to then, and that's immediately led to a Reserve Bank response. So let's go to that. Well, I'll stop you there just quickly. First of all, insofar as the growth figure of 3% is concerned, is that disappointing given the low base that it started off with? No, I think it's a pretty good recovery because um, we've had a recession. We do not have the underlying growth in productivity and immigration to have the 5% growth that we had year on year in the 1950s and 60s. I think it's a pretty good result and uh, it's reassuring to everybody that it's unlikely to be a negative in the next year or two, even with a simmering war in Ukraine and difficulties with China and all other things that run. Well, let's move on to inflation. Is there absolutely nothing that the government can do? Well, nothing that they could do that makes any sense. I mean, you could uh, eliminate altogether some of the indirect taxes, like temporarily the previous government did with the 44 to 22 cent in the litre, but that's likely to go back. So we're going to see maybe a slightly lesser surprising result for the June quarter, but then if petrol prices go back up again in the September quarter, up they will go. But we're in a higher inflation zone, but this is nothing like the inflation we had in the 1970s. We've just got used to the 1% to 2% to the point we almost stopped giving lectures on inflation in universities. And the result is that the Reserve Bank is still probably doing the right thing. You might ask, if people have said 
that the Reserve Bank can't be trusted because they gave us a promise of no rate increases until 2024, and they reiterated that over 80 times since 2020. Can they be trusted now? My surprising answer is yes, and I've been a critic. They should never have given those promises, and their scenario of a bank rate movement from 0.1 to 2 to 2.5, I think is probably the right move, and it's certainly going to keep interest rates still very low for all borrowers, and that's the expectation. So I think that's fairly good news. It's nothing to do with who's in government. So now the burning question, what difference will this new government make with or without the Greens and the Teals? What's critical, Jeff, as we record this, it's likely to move towards a majority government with 76 seats, but even if it did, uh, there's a risk that anyone dies or retires, then the crossbenchers will have a big say like they did in the disastrous period for Julia Gillard in 2010, where the relatively unelected uh, three independents uh, called the shots. I don't think it's going to be quite like that, but three big things that are important for everyone in business to look at. First of all, the biggest of all is the environment, but I'm guessing that most of you are not about to start a coal mine or a gas field, and in which case, all of this business, and to be precise about it, how quickly will they move for the CFC emissions and on hydrogen and alternative energy? Clearly, we're moving faster in that direction. I don't think it's going to change the destiny of any normal small business looking at this. So I'm not denigrating it. I've just got time to do two other things which I think are more important to you. The next one is budgets and taxes. Now, there are people within the Labor Party who have been working up annual wealth taxes, more aggressive capital gains taxes, and even end of negative gearing and the treatment of franking credits that we saw three years ago. This is my reassurance. The Labor Party learnt that it would have been in office three years ago if they hadn't been so crazy about some of these things, and I think that's permanently in their mind, and I believe that the budget and the tax scene is going to be pretty well steady as she goes, as if there'd been a return Morrison-Freudenberg government. And on that matter, don't just listen to me, Albanese and Chalmers were asked persistently during the election, would they go ahead with the proposed liberal tax treatment for smaller businesses, and I'm specific about company tax rates and so on, and every time they said they wouldn't change that. So I think that's reassuring. Now I come to the last one that does worry me a little bit, the wages price spiral. Now, we've had the 5% price increase. We've got a political commitment to restore the purchasing power of wages. That could go belly up if they put in a bid for five plus wage increases. Companies to restore profit margins just have to put up prices and then more on wages and so on. And the Reserve Bank says, well, our power to raise interest rates is not working here and we'll raise them a little bit more. Well, how crazy would that be? Isn't it in the hands of the Fair Work Commission? Yes, the start of it is. The thing to watch out is the submission, the first submission the Albanese government, a minority or majority, puts to the Fair Work Commission. If that's a request for 7 to 8% to compensate this and they grant most of that, then we're in for a period of wage price spiral, which is not going to do anyone any good. Now, I've got three reasons why I don't think the worst of that's going to happen. Number one, people don't fully understand, is the Treasury. 
they will be beholden, the new government, to the public service and the public service will be warning them, they're very powerful, of the dangers of trying to correct these anomalies too quickly. I don't necessarily like the Treasury, but they're so conservative. On this one, they hold a lot of power. Secondly, there are some fairly smart cookies inside the new government and even among the Teals uh, who are going to see the irresponsibility of doing that too fast. And the third thing is that I think some of the sources of inflation, we've seen the worst of it, and uh, there will be at some time a resolution of the Ukraine situation. And uh, I think that that gives you some confidence, together with a question I'm also asked, will this government be more confrontational against China, which has moved very aggressively against it? In the early days, Albanese going very, very publicly and saying, well, you want some changes in the relationship. You're the ones that disturbed it. You're the ones that put the 200% tax on wines. You're the ones that need to change. Well, if that keeps going, I think that's going to be pro-business and still of anti. So... That's the scene as I read it. There are risks, and I think there's a few comforting factors in there as to why the worst of the risks are not going to happen. And it's strange to rely on things like the public service and a sense of responsibility, but I think those are things that will ensure that we're not going to have the worst of a wages price scramble, and it's going to be nothing like we had in the horrible slumpflation of 1974. So putting this all together, where are we heading for 2023? Continued growth, bit more inflation, bit of a wages correction, the same tax system and nowhere near the nasties that some Labor parties might try to inflict on business. And your best tips for business? If you're a builder, try and get variations. If you're a client for builders and you're building a house, try and make sure you don't have any variations. Make sure that you look at the contracts if you're changing your loan agreement and don't necessarily just switch from fixed to variable rates without looking at all the consequences. And finally, please do scenario planning in which you look at at least three variations and never make it the worst case scenario, just an adverse credible scenario and hope the hell it doesn't happen. That's our new environment and that's my reading. That was Professor Neville Norman, Melbourne University. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter Letts. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. Follow at B Daily Podcast across social media and head to bdaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U.